listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. The mood is elevated around the Innovation Credit Union IPlex after... Uh, I'll say it, the best weekend of Bronco hockey in uh, in a long time. Two great efforts this weekend, Bosch. Yeah, nice to see the guys finally get rewarded for a, a strong effort uh, on Friday, especially against Medicine Hat. Um, you know, finally got a bounce to go their way with the Tigers D-men putting the puck into his own net on the empty netter and then to come out and uh, kind of just blow the Hurricanes out of the building on uh, on Saturday was, was great to see after the Hurricanes did that to the Broncos a handful of times a couple of years ago. So great weekend overall, as you mentioned. Uh, the guys are, are happy and excited and I'm sure they just can't wait to get back into action on Friday. Well yeah and this Friday uh, a, a big test coming up Calgary's going to be in town and then Prince Albert always looking for a greasy road win the Mark Habscheid coached PA Raiders that'll be a challenging one on Saturday and we'll talk more about that in a sec but uh, the phrase loaded show is often thrown around and we got a good one today. Uh, Cole Nagy will be joining us as our feature guest the 20 uh, year old forward who just got back from injury and in the more immediate future uh, a chat with the reigning Western Hockey League player of the week. Yeah I figure we might as well have Matt Ward uh, back on the podcast for the second time this year after a pretty stellar last three games you know seven points in three games and a four-point performance on Saturday first career two-goal game for Matt Ward as well so um, we've got him down here in the building might as well take advantage and uh, had him on for the second time yeah and Matt Ward I'm and and I'm not comparing them as a player and I'm not saying that he's as good as at 17 but most well-rounded Swift Current Bronco player, I would say, since Glenn Gott. Like, just talking to him. Like, you, fans see what he brings on the ice, but, uh, you know, he's also a presence in the room, too. Yeah, he just he just wants to win. Uh, that's it. That's really all he cares about is winning hockey games. And, he you know, you can kind of see him when we were talking to him, talking about his personal performance. He's kind of sitting there with his head down and looking at his feet and whatever. He just doesn't want to talk about himself. He wants mm-hmm. to to talk about the team. And, you know, with, with respect to your uh, comparison, so to speak, I was trying to find any Bronco. 16 or 17 year old forward who have had the same type of offensive production that Matt has had in his first 38 games and there isn't one. Uh, I think Coda Gordon was the closest and he had like 36 points in his first 38 WHL games so mm-hmm. nobody's put up this kind of offensive production at 16 and 17 years old that Matt Ward has this year. Yeah you got to go back to the Joe Sackick era yeah. for numbers like that. And you can't find those online so. Yeah well exactly and uh, no he's he's a special player and you know f- Swift Current Bronco fans the longtime fans get to the rink and watch this kid play while we have him because he's he's a special player and certainly looking forward to seeing him in Bronco colors for uh, for years to come. Feature guest today is also a guy who's a, a big presence in the Bronco lineup, literally and figuratively, Cole Nagy joining us. Yeah, nice to finally get him back in the lineup. Of course, uh, got injured in a preseason game and, and uh, missed the first nine games of the season. You know, he was frustrated. He hasn't had an injury since he was playing at the U15 level. So uh, for him to get back in, we knew he was going to have a, a big impact on face-offs. I think he's about 57% so far in his five games he's played and he's put up five points as well so uh, big time impact uh, for the team to have him back and he's uh, he's excited to be back he wants to play pro hockey next year so he's uh, he's got a lot to prove yeah he had a serious upper body injury and he you know you talked about it, five points in his first few games like wasting no time and being effective and you know his his presence in the lineup certainly seemed to elevate things well and he's going to the net I mean his two two of his goals he scored were on the power play one he was parked right in the goalie 
Ward's face and knocked in a rebound. The other was a backdoor pass from Ward. And then the one, the first one he scored in Saskatoon was just a perfect shot right from the faceoff circle coming down the wing over the glove of Nolan Meyer. Didn't look like he had any room there. So, um, you know, as as I said, he wants to play pro hockey next year, which he's, he'll say later on, you'll hear. And uh, with that, he needs to go out and prove that he can play pro hockey and have a great year. And he's, uh, he's off to a great start. I'm glad you brought up that Saskatoon game because I want to ask you about it. Uh, of course, everyone in, in Bronco Nation is talking about the, the Friday and Saturday wins, but I felt like that Saskatoon game would have been a good confidence builder for the guys because once again, they were able to go and they were able to hang with, you know, not just a good team, but one of the top teams in Canada. Yeah, I mean, Saskatoon's coming off last night or two nights ago now. They beat um, Edmonton, came back from late down two to win the game in overtime. But, um, you know, that game in Saskatoon was, you know, you would think it's a bit of a confidence booster. I think it's also almost more frustrating the way it ended out just with the high stick uh, tying goal that mm-hmm. certainly could have gone either way. I mean, obviously, we are by towards the Broncos side of things but it was really close I mean that that could have been called a high stick and no goal and then who knows what happens in the final 137 of the game maybe the Broncos hold on and they're on a three game winning streak now instead of two so um, you know a great week to get five out of six points but um, I think there was certainly a lot of frustration just with the way that game ended up despite it being a great performance and being so close to a win. Devin Pratt will join us for the coaches segment of the Broncos this week podcast super happy for him to get uh, his first two WHL wins. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, like we've talked about, the team has been so close to winning a lot of these games. I mean, over that 10-game losing streak, they probably could have won six or seven of them. They were that close. So uh, to finally get over the hump and get that first win, I'm sure it was a pretty exciting atmosphere in the locker room after the game. And then to come out and, and like I said, blow Lethbridge out of the water on uh, on Saturday was kind of just the cherry on top of a, of a great week. Calgary hitman in town Friday. You've seen both the games that uh, Swift has played Calgary previously. Um, scoreboard not flattering, but I think that this is a team that Swift matches up pretty well with. Yeah, I I mean, the game in Calgary is tough to compare because the Broncos only had four defensemen that night, and uh, Owen Pickering told me he played 38 minutes in that game when the Broncos were there. So, And they still came away with a, only a 4-1 loss, including an empty netter, and, and Reed Dick was unbelievable in that game. So, um, But when Calgary came here, I think the Broncos had a pretty good opening five minutes or so, but then the, uh, the uh, Hitman got the first goal of the game, and uh, before you knew it, it was 5 nothing after the second period. And a great third period to kind of push back a little bit, but obviously too little too late. So looking for a more overall performance here for the Broncos. Um, Calgary's got some older guys who are kind of leading the way. Riley Fiddler, Schultz, their leading scorer, has got 15 points so far this year as a 20-year-old. So there's, um, you know, the older guys are kind of leading the way for them. The younger guys haven't sort of picked up the offense as of just yet. But um, you certainly want to come up with a strong effort because that's a team that uh, the Broncos are kind of neck and neck with uh, right now in the standings too. Yeah, for sure. And then Prince Albert here on Saturday. You know with Prince Albert, they're going to come in here. They're going to play a disciplined, structured game, looking for some sort of a greasy road W. Yeah, and of course, uh, three first-round NHL picks on the roster, too, yeah. for uh, for Prince Albert. So kind of a cool opportunity to watch some of those guys play with Ozzy Weisblatt, Caden uh, Gooley, and Nolan Allen, San Jose, Montreal, Chicago, respectively. So, um, I mean, that's a team that the Broncos uh, played pretty well against in the hub last year. Uh, of course, they didn't have Caden Gooley that year, but remember the last game of the season was about as back and forth as it gets, a 6-5 overtime win for Prince Albert in the final game of the hub. So looking forward to seeing the Raiders back here in town and uh, seeing how the Broncos match up. Another busy weekend of Bronco hockey coming up Friday. The Hitmen are in town and Prince Albert here on Saturday. Um, Party night. We're blowing the dust off that (laughs) idea and bringing back uh, DJ Tolley T. Now we did this in the uh, in the 20... 
what year would that have been? The 2019-20, the shortened season. We had the sketch when Rough Riders DJ come in, really added some rink atmosphere and kind of a one-night only thing. And pretty cool that uh, the Broncos are bringing him back for the November 26th game. Yeah, first meeting of the year against Moose Jaw too. So obviously a big rivalry coming to town and uh, gets a little extra extra energy in the building with Moose Jaw here regardless. And now you get DJ Tolly T back in. And I can't comment too much on the music atmosphere because I don't hear it too much when I'm when I'm broadcasting the game. But uh, from what I heard, it was uh, it was a great night. Uh, everyone enjoyed the music that was going on. So I'm uh, looking forward to having it back. And hopefully it's uh, a great game all around. Yeah, he lit it up. November 26th, uh, DJ Tolly T, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders DJ in town to uh, spin some jams as the Moose Jaw Warriors are in town. All right, we're going to keep things moving with the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Devin Pratt with the Coaches Show coming up shortly. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week Coaches Show segment. Uh, interim head coach Devin Pratt joining us. Devin, uh, first and foremost, congratulations on that uh, first Western Hockey League win. Thank you very much. Appreciate us. Yeah, it was, uh, wow, what a weekend for the team. Uh, you know, you came out, and I really liked your team's effort against uh, Medicine Hat in the first game on Friday. You know, what did you guys take from that one? Yeah, I thought it was another great team effort. And for us, you know, we've been building as a group. Um, we feel efforts have been there, results haven't. So for us to uh, gain some separate Separation in the third period, get an empty netter, uh, give us that extra separation. And then uh, true to form, Medhack gave us another learning opportunity, but it's nice to have it with the two-goal lead. So they scored in the the five or six scenario with the, the pulled goalie. And um, that, you know, that, that's what we needed. We needed to be able to have that separation so that, uh, you know, we can have a negative but still have the positive of the result and then learn from it and move forward as a group. And I thought we came back Saturday with a lot of energy again. It was great to see the power play come through in a, an important situation starting the third period with four minutes on the man advantage. And uh, sure enough, Matthew Ward gives you guys the lead that uh, you wouldn't give up for the rest of the game on Friday. Yeah, you know, we had three power plays in the second period uh, and it didn't equate to a whole lot. Uh, we struggled on our entries, but... But we did create a couple opportunities, missed nets, uh, kind of had a nice point shot that went off one of our own players, led to an injury there as well. But it just uh, real stale in the second period. So we identified that, you know, we wanted to simplify and uh, nice to see traffic in front and uh, Ward with the C&I shot. It was great. Yeah, Matt Ward, uh, let's talk about him. Uh, hockey, of course, is a team game and it was a team effort that got you the two wins. But uh, WHL Player of the Week, he put up a lot of points over the weekend uh, from a coach's perspective. You know, what did you see from 10? You know what? Uh, right from day one, uh, Matt Ward's just been a class citizen. Every day he shows up, you know you're going to get a, a maximum effort. Uh, he's a team player. He doesn't he doesn't look for individual accolades. Um, he, he's worried about the team's success. For a young guy playing the big role that he plays, he handles himself so well, carries himself as a pro. Um, so we're very fortunate to have him. And, you know, he's a leader amongst our guys. Uh, just with that consistency in his effort and that you know he's going to be competitive uh, you know he's going to show up and uh, he's going to bring it every day for the group and I mean he's got uh, his vision is second to none on the ice he utilizes every player uh, it's never a situation where someone's open and you're like hey you should see that uh, he sees it so uh, he makes a lot of the right plays in the right situations and when you add that competitive fire um, you know he's a little bit of a shark in the water and when he smells blood uh, he gets on the attack so it was nice to see him get reward against Lethbridge the first goal he scored in the shorthanded assist he had a very similar uh, hunting down a puck stealing it from the defender and either scoring or setting up the play 
So to see a guy do that, have the smarts to go in, steal the puck, and set up a goal or score one himself, it kind of just puts the cherry on top. For sure. And, I mean, it comes back to that competitive fire and skill set. He's got a great stick. He gets sticks on pucks. And then he puts himself into those situations to make those plays happen. And quick transition, quick turnover right away. He's on the attack. And, uh, as I say, it was great to see him get rewarded. And as a team, a uh, big night like that, it was nice to have him leading the way. You know, a very wise hockey person once said that uh, teams typically don't learn anything after a blowout. But you guys had a 5-2 win over the weekend against Lethbridge. I imagine that there were some learning experiences to take from that. Yeah, seven. Yeah, or seven. Yeah, yeah right. to be... Uh, <laughs> credit where credit's due, yeah. Five-goal five margin win, seven to two. Yeah, yes. That's, um, that's where my head was. It's early in the morning. Man. No, for sure. I mean, I think for us, like, we've been, we've been challenging the group to have a 0-0 mentality. So no matter what the score is, we're playing games like it's 0-0. And, you know, when you get rewarded in the last two minutes of a game when you're up 5-2 and you make it 6-7-2, and seven two, the guys are they're buying into that. They're showing that. Uh, they're on the attack, and they're excited. There's a lot of energy behind that, too. Uh, Gouldy getting rewarded. Uh, he's been a great foot soldier for us, a young guy who's developing, um, but he's high energy. He's engaged, so the guys are excited to see him score off of a nice block shot and high character effort from Wirestock on the play. And then for Sandra Kang, yeah, nice play again. Uh, Borachuk has a nice area pass up to Kinger. Kinger gets on the breakaway. Nice chance for him. And Sandra Kang banging it home. His first WHL goal against his former team. And really, to me, the thing that stuck out was how the boys celebrated. And I talked to you guys about the medicine hack game when we had three players score their first goal and how much they're coming down the bench and taking the time to individually congratulate that player. And our bench went nuts when Sandra Kang scored. And just the guy's really excited for him and it shows that uh, that family environment that we've kind of developed here and as a group and where these guys have just really bonded together and they they see uh, team success and they want to see other guys on the team succeed as much as they want to themselves. The bench also went nuts when Van Egger blocked a shot in the third period. He was playing his first WHL game. Uh, you would know him from your time at Notre Dame as well but for a guy to go out there and I think he, your team was up 5-2 at the time for him to drop down and block a shot in his first game uh, the bench going nuts for that one as well yeah you know we think van's game translates to the whl level very well uh he can handle the physical presence uh, he doesn't mind uh blocking shots getting into lanes taking a hit to make a play and i thought he showed that all in his first game uh, he got rewarded with a nice scoring chance himself which was nice to see um but it really his board play was key to us he, he got pucks out he absorbed checks and made the right play uh he didn't have any panic with the puck and uh, it's nice that, you know, when it, your team gets some separation, then you're allowed to give guys more opportunity. Uh, so for Van, the ice time kind of increased as the game went on. And yeah, I mean, you're out there with the lead. That's a high character play. Let's let's have that 0-0 mentality and let's block that shot. Yeah, for sure. 36, Ager certainly fit in with uh, with your squad. What uh, what necessitated the call up to, to bring him in here? I know that Josh Davies ran into some suspension trouble. Uh, yeah. Some, some bodies banged up in there. Yeah, it was actually the... I kind of alluded to earlier there, the power play shot was a better shot that caught Bernie in the ankle. 
um, and just a, a deep bruise uh, in there. And it was he couldn't get his uh, foot in his boot the next day. So he's been back on the ice here this week, and we're expecting to have him in the lineup on the weekend. But uh, he's just one of those situations he couldn't go. So we were down to 10 forwards and 7D, and we thought it'd be important to get another body up in case something were to happen that night. And uh, Van came up and did an excellent job. Speaking of Friday, uh, Calgary hit him here in town, third beating of the season. Uh, you had the 4-1 loss in Calgary when you only had four defensemen. And then the second time when they were here was a, a tough start. Team, our team started to push back in the third period. But I mean, down 5 nothing after two, you're hoping for a much better overall performance. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think our schedule could work out any better to just see where we're at. Um, having, you know, the two efforts we've had against them so far, um, you know, like we 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 were proud of the the four guy effort in Calgary. Uh, we were disappointed with the team effort here, um, our last one. So now it's kind of like, you know, let's see where we're at. We we've had uh, coming off a couple wins. Uh, we got to remain hungry. Uh, we got to remain motivated. But uh, I think it's a great measuring stick for us just to see. You know, have we turned the corner a little bit as a group, and can we play a more complete team game here? There's that old adage in sports: never get too high after a win or too low after a loss. You know, yourself and Matt, you've probably done plenty of managing the too low after a loss element of it. Is there a challenge in uh, keeping the guys grounded after that big weekend? Yeah, I, there, there certainly can be. I think for our group, um, you know, the mindset has been that we were knocking on the door. The mindset has been that we were close. Um, so it was just nice to see them get rewarded. Um, and just as a team, have them be able to celebrate after a game and enjoy it. Uh, we definitely didn't want to dampen that fire at all. And But we remind them that when you put your head on the pillow Friday night, you know, it's a reset and we're going back to war here on Saturday. So to see the boys show up and uh, be hungry and have a great effort was uh, – very rewarding um, and it was great for the team so you know after that game again it's you know it's Monday it's chop wood carry water we're getting back to work it's back to the basics it's back to the grind we're not happy or satisfied with where we're at um, you know and and we're right in the hunt so we just want to keep working keep pushing the line right on Devin Pratt on the coaches show on the Broncos this week podcast thanks for doing this man thank you very much you're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's a little podcast extra on Broncos This Week. We're joined by defending WHL Player of the Week, Matt Ward. Uh, Matt, uh, welcome to the Broncos This Week podcast. I imagine, uh, you know, a, a good weekend made even better with that news coming from the league, eh? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's nice to always get recognized like that. Um, but the biggest thing for us is we got we had a good uh, three game stretch there. We got I think five out of possible six points. So uh, that's what we're most happy about right now. Team first guy, love to see it. Well, a team first, of course, getting the wins as you said is the most important thing. But we can't gloss over the fact that you had a very impressive week. Um, four points against Lethbridge on Saturday. Uh, you know, I was really impressed with the goals that you scored. I mean, the the first one you just steal the puck from the guy in the forecheck, and it's something that I'm sure you take a lot of pride in working hard to create those opportunities for yourself. How did you kind of see that play develop? Um, yeah, well, um, I think the big part of the game is playing away from the puck. Um, and I just implemented our forward check. I uh, tried to angle him up the wall and then caused a turnover and then um, just kind of went down on a little mini, mini breakaway. Kinger was kind of giving me some uh, chirps because apparently we had a 2 on 0 but 
but uh, I was lucky enough to put that one in the back of the net. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, you you touched on it about uh, you know being happy with five of a possible six points and uh, two big wins. What's the attitude like in the in the room right now? Because it was uh, it was some tough sledding before those two big wins. Um, well, I mean, we're not really changing the way we play. We have the same systems. We're not really reinventing the wheel here. Um, we trust our systems. We know when we're uh, you know doing everything right and people are accountable. Um, we have a good chance to win every night. So uh, I think that's just how we got to. Play the rest of the year so I guess it's the same feeling I mean you know you got the back-to-back wins now and the team's happy about that but the team was still confident during that that losing streak you knew that you had a chance to win most of those games so I guess the the mood doesn't change a whole lot knowing that we're still playing the same way we just finally got the results we wanted yeah I know exactly I mean all those losses I mean at the end of the day they're still losses but the positives out of those are they're not they're not blowout games like they're they're close games for the most part um, a couple off nights, but like most of them were right there to the very end of the game. So uh, it's definitely nice to get those those wins there. That game against Saskatoon, you got a point. Um, you were within a minute of locking that one down. They tie it on a controversial call that really could have gone either way there. But, uh, you know, going in and playing one of the top 10 teams in Canada in their own barn and, you know, taking them and getting a point out of that rank, that had to do something for the team's confidence, eh? Uh, yeah, well, we, we know and we understand that when we're on our game, we can, you know, we can compete with any team in the league. Um, you've seen it against Winnipeg. We, we lost that one, but we were in it for the whole game. So, I mean, and even uh, Edmonton game, like those are top teams in all of Canada and we're right there with them. So I think little things like that give us confidence that we need uh, to, you know, pull off wins like that. So. Your whole line had an impressive game on Saturday. Rafael Pelche, Josh Filman on your wings. Um, you guys were put together just a couple of games ago, and it looks like there was some pretty serious chemistry going on there on Saturday. Um, you know, what is it playing with those two guys that seems to, to work out so far? I think overall we're a fast line, um, high hockey IQ. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know, one of those things that just click. Uh, kind of hard to explain, put in words, but... Um, I can't just say that. We still gotta, we gotta, uh, you know, continue it. So um, we're looking forward to heading into the next game. I think one of the more underrated guys on this team is the guy you just talked about in Josh Philman. You know, t- talk about his game and what he brings to the table. Uh, yeah, like you said, underrated. Um, you kind of know like uh, what he's gonna do. Um, but like sometimes you don't, you know, like he'll surprise you with, you know, goals here and there um, and just little things he does. Uh, you know, he works hard, good speed and guys don't really, I kind of underestimate how fast he is. I think a lot of guys do. Um, being a tall guy, he's, he's got some jets. So it's it's nice to play with fast guys like that. So, How great is it to see all these young guys that were in the hub last year take that step forward? I mean, yourself included, but even guys like Josh Philman, you know, Josh Davies, uh, these younger guys, Owen Pickering, who have stepped up into bigger roles this year and contributed even more on the ice than they did uh, in that shortened season back in the spring. Uh, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing for, for our young team like that is we were put in a position uh, with lots of ice time and the experience that we gained throughout last year and the start of this year uh, I guess it's you know more than what other teams young guys are experiencing so I think that gives us a head start um, in terms of you know our future I guess is a good way to say it but um, we still got a long way to go so in the times we've talked to you um, very mature very composed um, and even seeing how you play on the ice and react to certain situations in your hockey past have you worn the c a lot and you know is a leadership role something that you kind of naturally gravitate towards um i've worn uh some letters in the past yeah um 
but my my leadership uh, nine times out of ten comes on the ice um, I'm leader on the ice I lead by example um, I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna say a lot of unnecessary things in the room I don't really see the point in that I mean obviously if something needs to be said I'm not afraid to um, say stuff but I don't really see the point in saying a lot of stuff that's just, you know, doesn't need to be said because, I mean, sometimes it can be toxic, you know. Um, but, yeah, like I said, nine times out of ten, I lead on the ice and try and lead by example. I have uh, Matt Keeler on our live in our post-game show every broadcast, and after the game on Saturday, he said that you are somebody who wants the pressure on you to perform. You want to be the guy who was relied upon to help the team win. Where does that desire to be the guy come from? Um, I mean, a lot of what I do is a lot about um, haters, I guess. I, I drive a lot of my play through people that doubt me, I guess. Like, um, like you see the draft, like I go 14th overall and basically all those 13 teams that pass on me, like, okay, you guys don't want me. Like, like I kind of want to shout in their face. So, I mean, um, that's just the personal point of it. And obviously every game I'm trying to win and help the team out as uh, best as I can. So... Wow, that's great stuff. Uh, this weekend, uh, you know, you got a challenge in the Calgary Hitman. It's a team that, that you've seen that uh, that I think the Swift Current Broncos match up pretty well with. You know, what's your assessment of the guys you're playing Friday? Uh, well, we owe them one. You know, we've had some tough games against them. Um, we know we're a better team when when we're all clicking here. So, I mean, um, we got to clean up some things against them. We know um, what their tendencies are, and we're ready to go here. So, You uh, never got a chance to, t to jump on a WHL road trip before this year, obviously being in the hub last year uh the broncos were just in manitoba a couple weeks ago how was your first lengthy western hockey league road trip um you know it has its, up, its ups and downs um it's definitely fun to get out with the boys and and kind of you know bond with them more um but at the same time it is a tiring uh sort of trip so you got to kind of you know take care of your body as best as you can you know eat right and stretch or whatever whatever your personal thing is so what kind of non-hockey things are you doing? I know it's tough being in a global pandemic and, and everything, but uh, what, what occupies your free time? I guess just like a lot of FaceTime with the friends. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, get some of the boys on PS4 and play some video games now. But um, I mean, it is tough, but, uh, you know, we're at the rink so much. So it's kind of like you get home and you're tired. You want to go have a nap or, or whatever. So you don't have a whole ton of free time. But when you do, you're just, you know, killing time. So I'm assuming NHL is one of the games that uh, you're getting your, your friends to play. What uh, what are the games are you trying to get those guys on? Uh, I want to get the boys back on Fortnite. I, <laughs> I know it's kind of dying, but I just want to kind of bring it back. But I don't know. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it was great chatting with you, Matt Ward, uh, defending WHL Player of the Week. Thanks for taking the time and doing this, Matt. For sure. Thank you, guys. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast and our feature guest, one of the veterans on the team, 20-year-old forward Cole Nagy. Cole, it's uh, it's great having you back in the lineup after uh, what I imagine was was maybe a little bit of frustration having to to see this team from the stands, eh? Yeah, no, it was a long uh, long time watching, but it's uh, good to be back in the lineup and I'm excited. And Anderson, that was your first time in quite a while that you'd gone through an injury. Somebody was telling me it hadn't been since you were playing at the, the U15 level that you'd been hurt. So what was kind of the, the process for you to, to get back on the ice? Uh, I was real difficult a lot. A, a lot of days at the rink that were pretty boring, but I uh, was in a sling for about two weeks and then did rehab for another two. So uh, I started skating about three weeks after and uh, 
working on conditioning everything to get back. So Yeah, and then you, you came back. Uh, that game in Saskatoon, that, that was a good one for you. Obviously, uh, you know, something that maybe built some confidence for you. Yeah, no, for sure. It was fun playing in front of a bunch of family and stuff. And uh, too bad we didn't get the win, but it was, uh, it was a fun night for me. I think almost uh, a big game for your team, despite not getting the win. Uh, we've seen your team play very well this year against good teams, Winnipeg, Edmonton, now Saskatoon. So it's frustrating not getting that final result, but it does show you guys in that room that you can't hang with these top teams. Yeah, no, for sure. I thought against Saskatoon, we stuck with them the whole way. We, I thought we deserved to, to win that game, but... Uh, I guess we'll use it as a learning process going forward here. But it felt like it was a confidence builder too, because as Bosch talked about, you guys have hung with some pretty good teams, and that Saskatoon game in particular. You know, you're a controversial call away from beating one of the top teams in the nation in regulation in their barn. That that must have done something for the room, even though you guys didn't get the the, the desired result. Yeah, no, I think so. I think it uh, helped build us for the week, or last weekend that we had with uh, two wins. So I think it was big for us. Your uh, 20 year old season here in the Western Hockey League, Cole. I remember talking. To you about two weeks ago and kind of just talking about your goals for this year uh you want to play pro hockey uh, whether it's at the end of the season or next year so in your mind what do you need to do to, to take that step towards the pro ranks i just think i gotta improve every day keep getting better at everything and just uh, work as hard as i can you know with uh, with the way you're playing right now obviously face-offs seem to be a big part of your game what's your mindset like when you, when you're heading into the circle because we've seen you try a couple different things just pushing the puck forward battling you're six six but you drop to one knee I mean that that looks to be something that you really pride yourself on yeah no for sure for that first possession is huge I think so if you're always chasing the puck it's a pretty difficult game but uh I don't know I take take pride in face-offs and it's something I've uh Probably since my third year midget, it's something that I've always uh, worked on. And how much work goes into that? Because you can practice them every single day, but in game action, there's different situations, whether it's in a different circle, D zone, offensive zone. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into faceoffs that people probably don't really know about. Is yeah, it? no, I've, uh, I like to watch video the, uh, with the team I'm playing against with their uh, centermen. So that's something I always keep in mind, and I know their tendencies usually. During the uh, the COVID-related downtime and following social media, didn't realize this, but you're a heck of a golfer. Um, you know, t- talk about uh, your, your golf career and uh, obviously a passion that uh, that you're pursuing in the off season. Yeah, when I was uh, 14, 15, I was golfing every day. I wanted to get a golf scholarship. I wasn't really sure about playing hockey, continuing on with hockey. But me and my brother, we uh, we golf tons in the summer. We still do, but it's. Uh, it's awesome. I love golf. Well, let's talk about your brother here, Josh Nagy. You guys played U18 together with the Saskatoon Blazers up until that 18-19 season, and then uh, he now is on a golf scholarship at Robert Morris University down in the states. Uh, just tell us about the relationship you have with him. Oh yeah, obviously we're we're twin brothers. We're best friends. We we fight all the time, but we're uh, <laughs> we're super close, and uh, it's always nice to see. I know he's played some good golf down south this year, so it's always nice to see that. We were just talking about this, but for the benefit of our podcast audience, uh, not not identical twins there's not 13 feet of no, Nagy brothers out not there. at all he's about five five nine maybe I like I know he says he's five ten but he's about five nine when you guys golf together in the summer how competitive does it get it gets crazy competitive I beat him beat him once last summer and it was uh, he didn't hear the end of that for a couple of weeks so he's pretty pretty mad about that Right on. Uh, this weekend, it's uh, it's a big one coming up. Uh, you got Calgary here on Friday. Uh, in our in previous encounters with the Hitman, it's games that you've watched from the standings, and I think it's a team that we match up pretty well with. Yeah, no, I agree there. I know they had a couple good games against Edmonton last weekend, but uh, I think uh, it should be a good game for us. Now, your old team's coming here on Saturday, but uh, you were actually drafted by Moose Jaw back in 2016, something I don't think I've ever actually talked to you about. Uh, a sixth-round pick by Moose Jaw ended up not getting signed by then before eventually jumping on with the Raiders. Uh, what was your 
your uh, WHL draft day experience like? Uh, I was actually at the golf course too. <laughs> so we had we had a half day on Thursday at school, so I was out at the golf course, and uh, yeah, it was super exciting, obviously. So you got drafted by Moose Jaw. That was yep. the first WHL team to hold your your rights. Obviously, that didn't work out well for you. How did uh, what happened with PA, and how did that experience pan out? So when I was 16, I. Uh, I, was, I wasn't playing very good, and I, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to continue with hockey, so I wasn't doing very well. And then going into my 17-year-old year, I decided I wanted to play, and I was going to do everything I can to work my hardest and stuff. So got off to a good start, got listed by PA, and then signed just after Christmas. And you uh, played two games in the regular season, one in the playoffs, and were you with them the whole playoff run, kind of just tracking with the team every day? Yeah, well, we uh, we lost uh, Prodder's team in the final with uh, in the Saskatchewan Midget League, so... I got called up when uh, in the second round when they played the Blades, played in the game that series, and then they played Edmonton, and then they sent us home before the final series. I'm glad you brought that up, the uh, pre-existing relationship with yourself and uh, Coach Devin Pratt. Yeah. I mean, obviously someone who uh, you guys were on opposite sides in your midget career. What was it like meeting him for the first time as uh, as your coach? It was good. Yeah, obviously played probably 12 to 15 games against Notre Dame and Midget, so it was uh, a little different having him on uh, on our side. Really seems like he's um, you know the the players' coach, so to speak. He has a personal relationship with each one of you guys. Uh, what's sort of the transition been like for for the guys down there? I think it's been uh, pretty smooth. He's obviously he's played junior hockey before, so he kind of understands everything that we're going through, and it's uh, it's been pretty good so far. What about your role with this team? You're a 20 year old on a team that's obviously got a bright future ahead of it. Um, what's your role like with you know this? young crop of players in the, the future of this organization? I think just showing them uh, what it's like to work hard every day and kind of always being there being there for the young guys because it's not easy when you're managing hockey and school at the same time so just kind of being there for them and if they ever need anything making sure you're available for them and one thing we probably should touch on is obviously the trade here to Swift Current uh, happened just after Christmas back in 2019 a uh, one for one deal uh, how did how did you kind of find out about the news there yeah it was uh, day day after we got back so we practiced the one day and then uh, I think it was like eight in the morning I woke up to a call from Curtis Hunt to PAGM and found out I was traded, so it was quite a hectic day, but uh, obviously I think it uh, turned out for the best. I'm glad to be here. Was it something that you were expecting to happen? Not at all. No, I was completely, completely surprised. Yeah. And you came around here and you played a bigger role. I mean, you had you know more points in more games, and it was sort of a fresh start for both guys, I think. But for you to come down here and get that bigger role, just a, a chance for you to really show what uh, what you can do, and I guess that's all a player really wants. Yeah, no, I think I've been able to develop much more than I would have if I would still be in Prince Albert. So it's been awesome coming to Swift. I love it here. Are you uh, you know in the room, kind of getting back to the the 20 year old role on the team? Are you are you a lead by example example guy? Are you a dressing room talker? Like what what, what kind of leader are you? No, I'm not not a huge talker. I'm kind of just I like to lead by example and stuff I'm not not the most vocal guy when it comes to during games and stuff but I like to lead by example you, now you've been here for a couple years now obviously you picked up in the 1920 season you were in the hub and now you're here for your third year how have you seen the team maybe evolve there's a lot of younger guys now than there was when you first got here how have you seen it kind of change over the past two and a half seasons I think just kind of the whole attitude around the team I know my first year was pretty we had a bunch of older guys and it was pretty pretty difficult obviously losing that many games and kind of we got more youthful energy now so it's kind of it's been been really nice because I'm 
we're finally able to kind of see it through and see what uh, these guys can do. You know, there's that old adage of never get too high after a win or too low after a loss. And, you know, there were plenty of losses up until last week. What's it like in that room right now? Is there a little bit of swagger where maybe there wasn't before after a couple W's? Yeah, I think I think everybody's confident, but uh, we're not trying to be overconfident. We're, uh, we know if we play well what we can do, so we're just trying to play our best this weekend. How nice is it to be back on the road playing games after being stuck in the hub uh, for last season, just to get back on the bus with your teammates uh, compared to what it was in the hub last year? Um, how's the how's the change for you? Yeah, I know it's awesome. Staying in the hotel, you have a roommate and stuff, and the bus trips are awesome, obviously. Uh, making jokes with all the guys, it's uh, can't beat it. There's still that whole pesky global pandemic thing, which kind of throws a monkey wrench into the social life of, of what goes on here. What kind of things are uh, What kind of things are you guys doing to keep busy? Well, I know uh, we have bachelor night, so I think that's at my house tonight. <laughs> so there's probably going to be a couple of her seven or eight guys come for that. And we, we do chapels and stuff. And I don't know, like Raph Pelcher lives right beside me, so I spend a lot of time with him. So it's been been good that way. Ba- so bachelor, like the, the show Bachelor? Yeah, bachelorette. Yeah. So, so is there like a certain contestant that, that everyone's pulling for? Or what, what are you fired up about with that show? I think, I think Joe's got the upper hand right now, honestly. But <laughs> it's... Uh, I don't know. It changes every week. Like, there's always different storylines and stuff every week. So, I don't know. We'll see going forward. Right on. Well, it's great seeing you back on the ice, man. And uh, thanks for coming down to this end of the rink and doing this. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cole Nagy, our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up a uh, jam-packed edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman, a big thanks to Cole Nagy, Matt Ward, and Devin Pratt for joining us. Busy weekend coming up for the uh, Swift Current Broncos as their six-game home get- homestand continues. Got the Calgary Hitmen in town Friday night. Yeah, third meeting this season with uh, with Calgary. It's uh, an eight-game regular season series between these two. And thoroughly in the season, there's still 50-plus games to go. But these two are neck and neck right now for for a playoff position. And, uh, you know, that could be the story throughout the year. So these games are in the season matter just as much as the ones at the end of the season. So the Broncos want to make sure they uh, bounce back and pick up a victory on Friday. For sure. And then Saturday night, uh, the Prince Albert Raiders in town. Always uh, always a competitive game with PA in that roster. No shortage of firepower. Yeah, just in kind of an added bonus with uh, three first-round NHL draft picks on that roster. Uh, cool to see them back here in town. And, um, you know, the, the Raiders over the last couple of years kind of had the Broncos number just considering where the two teams were in their in their cycle. So uh, a little more even-up matchup now and uh, looking forward to seeing Prince Albert for the first time this year. Releasing this podcast on November the 11th, which of course is a very important day on the calendar and in world history. And uh, for Friday's game, just uh, prior to meeting the Calgary Hitman, I understand a moment of silence is in the works too, eh? Yeah, classic. Um, you know, before the game, obviously we'll pay our respects and uh, ask that everyone do the same uh, inside the, the rink with us and uh, you know the players will, will do the same and the coaches for, for both teams. So uh, an important day, as you mentioned, and uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to sharing that with everyone in the building. Yeah, for sure. Uh, earlier this week then there was the Remembrance Day flag raising at the uh, Market Square Courtyard and I was there and I was talking to uh, John Watson who's well known around Swift Current. He was actually uh, he, he fought in World War II. He's 96 years old and uh, he was out in a boat. He had his mask on. He was there to help raise the flag and uh, I said, oh, how are you doing, John? He says, oh, I'm good. I'm all shot up with my COVID medicine and ready to go. <laughs> so he's uh, vaccinated and proud and looking forward to taking part in Remembrance Day festivities and Memorial Park on uh, this 11th of November. A big thank you to Mr. Watson and uh, all of the veterans who, who fought for our enduring freedom. 
All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.